Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ohio for Jesus podcast, hosted by the Assemblies of God Ohio Ministry Network. Here at the Ohio Ministry Network, we are committed to developing leaders to multiply disciples of Jesus by the Spirit's power. Each episode of our podcast focuses on an area of ministry that drives us closer to accomplishing this purpose. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy today's episode. And welcome to our Ohio for Jesus podcast. Uh, my name is John Musgrave, and uh, I'm the church health director here at OMN. And uh, I'll be hosting today's podcast. And today we have Pastor Andy Warren, who pastors Victory in Tip City, Ohio. And I'm excited for what we're going to hear and what Pastor Andy's going to share with us. Uh, he's got quite a testimony, and I don't want to steal his thunder, but uh, he literally went into a church situation that uh, was really, from all appearances, could just be a few months away from closing. Um, you know, not only the size of the congregation, not only the uh, plateau decline that they'd experienced in recent years, and the indebtedness, the overhead, there were many things uh, that Pastor Andy could have said, like lost in space robot, warning, warning, I don't want to go there. Uh, but he accepted the mantle there and uh, has done a phenomenal job. And I know he would credit his wife, Beth. I know he would credit a wonderful group of people around him. And most importantly, he would credit the Lord for all that he's done. But we're excited to have Andy with us today. And uh, I want to get right into this podcast. But, you know, Andy, for me, uh, I, I find myself, particularly in the chair that I'm sitting in with Church Health, uh, I'm always looking for books, I'm always looking for resources, I'm listening to podcasts and so forth to, to kind of discover how others are doing it or get ideas. Not that I want to duplicate that, but many times I'll, I'll listen to a podcast and in a 30-minute podcast, I get one idea, you know, or yeah, yeah. I read a 200-page book and, oh, oh, I got three pages or three ideas out of that book, you know. And uh, I know for me, when I think about Sharon Advite, uh, some of the re books that I've read recently are The Externally Focused Church by Rick Russo, uh, The Church of Irresistible Influence, uh, The Spirit-Empowered Church out in Garrison, where he talks about going into our community and transform the church in rural America. Uh, and I end with that one, not because you're rural, uh, Andy, because you're not, mm -hmm. but I, I think you and I both share a, a passion that every community needs a healthy, spirit-filled, and a church that's trying to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from your early kickball days at Tip City, that's what you <laughs> tried to do. So right, maybe, right. give us a little bit about your story and maybe some resources or some thoughts in regards to what stimulated you to be able to accomplish some of the things God's helped you in sharing and inviting in Tip City, Ohio. Well, yeah, just as you said, uh, you know, 12 years ago, uh, we came to Tip City and had a group of about 20 people. And uh, yeah, just as you kind of recalled all of that, uh, okay. you know, we just celebrated our 12 year anniversary. And so it uh, it definitely brought back, you know, all the memories and, and the, uh, you know, just the initial feelings of, hey, let's get started. Let's let's see what Jesus wants to do here. And and uh, 
one of the things that we shared, you know, from the very beginning was uh, Zechariah 4.10, where, you know, basically he tells the people, uh, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Yes. And, um, and I would, I would joke, this is a pretty small beginning, you know, <laughs> when it comes to a church, uh, because the Lord desires to see the work begin. And, um, and then just something that we would do, uh, to kind of create, you know, that, that share and that invite culture is we would say out loud at the end of each service, uh, victory is a great church and it's growing. And, uh, what we simply did, and it's, it's maybe a little bit cliche and definitely corny, but we would tell people, Hey, we want you to grow your row. And, uh, because, you know, statistics say that, you know, the people that have the most influence in inviting are those that you're friends with. I mean, I can invite, but we really wanted to create a culture where our congregation invited. And so, you know, we, we would set, you know, just very, um, I mean, it's a smart goal, but very realistic in the, in the smart acronym. Hey, can we go from, from 22 to 50 by Christmas? Right. And, and that way that people could see uh, measurable growth. Right. Um, you know, one of the first books that, that, that I, I read and tried to process and then uh, apply at victory uh, was simple church. And, uh, um, and j- just because it, it really laid out a lot of, a lot of, foundational structure for us. And, and, um, at the same time went through the, the two year, the, the two year, uh, cohort with you. Um, right. and, and that was, that was, you know, I, I look back on that and it was just so incredible to be able to walk through, you know, do we have any functional structures? It, it just, it, it gave me, uh, really the, the roadmap to say, Oh, we're, we're deficient in this area. We're good in this area. Uh, And then you, you told me some really great things when we first started, you said, Hey, just focus on Sunday morning. Don't focus so much on a midweek or a Sunday night, just do what you can do really well. And uh, so simple church, we try to keep it simple. Sure. And then a book that I try to read every year. uh, I'm sure you're a fan of Ken Blanchard, but uh, he, uh, he, he wrote a book called Raving Fans, hmm. and it is a book where obviously it's, it's uh, I mean, what, what makes Chick-fil-A have, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> three, three lanes deep, you know, 50 cars waiting, um, you know, what makes people raving fans of, you know, Chick-fil-A? What makes people raving fans of wearing Under Armour or, you know, a certain product? Right. And so we really wanted to... Um, make uh, victory where we created raving fans yes. about the church. And, um, you know, sometimes we, we, we almost, and I don't want to sound, you know, non-faith or like, like this isn't a, a pastoral thing as well, but sometimes we can be almost too spiritual and we don't focus enough on the social. Right. And so when I read through the gospels, every time that Jesus met with the crowd or, or met with an unbeliever, he was meeting their felt need first, yes. whether it was a healing, whether it was food, whether it was just, you know, for example, the woman at the well, just right. communication. Um, and, and so he always met a felt need. And so we, we really try to create opportunities in that share and invite to say, Hey, what's a felt need that the communicate right. or the community may have that we can communicate. Yes. 
And and with that, I mentioned the kickball thing. I was always, yeah. I, I was uh, early on. I, I don't know if like the first year or two, I was talking to you one day and you were saying, yeah, I got, I'm playing kickball. This so maybe two yeah. nights a week or whatever. We and, would. Yeah. And I, we immediately think in terms of a church softball league or a church, whatever bowling league. And you no no, I'm, I'm, it's a city league, you know, yes. and your sole purpose, you were very intentional about involving yourself in community activities. Right. And I'm sure by model, you were hoping that others would catch that as well, that, that I'm doing this. Yes, because I'm the pastor, I'm supposed to do this, but as others would do the same thing about being intentional. And you mentioned just a minute ago, the felt need. And I think sometimes we gravitate to, giving food away or giving clothes away and nothing wrong with those things, but sometimes those can be more missional than evangelistic. And uh, I think it's neat too. And we were talking about a year ago and I think you did a session on your whole chocolate milk thing, you know, right. Right. Let's go ahead, chocolate milk and so forth. But, you know, in, in my conversations with you, Andy, over and over again, I, I find myself coming away with pastor Andy is very intentional about getting out into the community, the felt needs and so forth. And, and I personally think that's where many Pentecostal, i.e. spirit-filled churches, we miss it. Doug Clay said it several years ago. He said, we focus so much on the initial physical evidence, we miss the ongoing evidence, which was go into all the world and preach the gospel. And right. be empowered, and and I think personally that's why victory is growing, is because you're looking, not neglecting one versus the other, but you're really focusing on. Hey, we're here to touch this community. We're here to make a difference in this community, whether it be grow a row or whether it be, you know, kickball or whether it yeah. be a felt need. I mean, I just think you're you're very intentional about, man, we need to share and invite. And let's be honest, sometimes invite comes before share, and sometimes mm -hmm. share comes before invite, but it's creating that culture, that culture that it's not just my job. It's yeah. it's the body of Christ. So yeah. do you want to add to anything that I just added to yours? Yeah, because whether it was kickball or being in a in a city, you know, the community parade, right. uh, th those things create buy-in. And, and when you have buy-in, then it gives you a little bit of change in your pocket to talk about uh, those spiritual questions that people have. Right. Uh, that way they, they trust you when you say, Hey, I've heard that you believe this, or I've heard that, you know, the, the church's stance on this, you know, is maybe different than mine. And so that way you can say, well, hey, you know, now that you've known me for a few months or you've you've seen, you know, my example in the community, can I can I talk to you about it? And right. and I would probably say 10 times out of 10, you know, whether it's, you know, for example, hey, I'm I'm not sure about uh, you know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What what I probably talk to people about that uh almost every other time I meet with them. And I'll just tell them, hey, read the book of Acts, and then I want you to come back and talk to me. Right. That way, they've done right. their due diligence versus right. trying to win an argument or convince them. I just let the word of God speak. And right. then when we sit down and talk, they'll go, well, that was pretty cool. Right. Um, uh, but, but creating that buy-in is huge. And right. um, you know, the other thing that we really try to do, and 
And um, it, it's nice that, you know, one of the things I tell pastors all the time is that uh, you get to do things with your spouse. You get to do things with your, your children if you choose to make it, uh, you know, that, that perspective. Right. Uh, so Beth and I will take maybe one night a week um, uh, and, and we'll go, we'll go hit a, you know, a, a junior high basketball game. Nothing is as thrilling as a junior high basketball game, <laughs> but you know, you, you, you meet parents, you meet friends of, of, of that family. Right. Um, you take a picture uh, with, with the, you know, the junior high baller, you throw it on your social media. Right. And all of a sudden people are like, wait a minute, this guy, it isn't just about coming to a church. It's right. about being the church. And, you know, when you think about it, if, if you can do that, and my, my favorite word is consistency. Yes. If you can do that 50 weeks out of the year, that's 50 families, that's 50 opportunities for you to be right. able to, you know, invest in them. and then when we ask those families to grow your row or to, you know, to invite, you know, new Carlisle, which is our, our campus. Um, you know, we, we, you know, they have pews. And right. so, you know, uh, we're, we're working on updating that a little bit, but we'll say, um, you know, you got to fill your pew, you know, right. so things like that, that it just really creates, you know, kind of this ongoing process where you go from an addition mindset to a multiplication mindset. Um, Cause if you've got, two or three people inviting, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's so neat to see. We had a few weeks ago, I, I got to meet a family and, uh, and you know, this being a pastor, when those families with four or five kids show up, you're just thinking revival broke out. Like, this is great. <laughs> right. and, and so, uh, you know, family came for the first time and over the course of the next four weeks, uh, they ended up having about 20 people come, wow. uh, you know, their family, their cousin, and it, it all started with the baptism. And then it turned into right. a child dedication. And, and, uh, and then it turned into some, you know, we had a, a really cool kids event and, you know, now a month's gone by and they're like, we love this place. Right. And um, all of that just happened with one family showing up. Uh, right. You know, they probably saw us at a community event and thought, well, Hey, you know, that's something people have a faith need. Uh, yes. and, and we know that, but again, I think you said it a minute ago, so often we can jump into a faith need, uh, before meeting a felt need. Right. Yep. And you were mentioning about the basketball game. Um, uh, I was talking to another pastor, I don't know, probably a year ago, and, uh, he was going to a new field. He was going to a new assignment. And, um, he said to me, he said, you know, some pastors they're they're all pumped up when they're invited to the city council meeting to have prayer. He goes, I don't, I don't even worry about going to city council meeting for prayer. He goes, I'm going to go to a little league game. He yeah, goes, I'm going yeah. go to go to a basketball game. I'm going to go track meet. He goes, I'm going to sit in the stands with that parent. And all yeah. of a sudden, I I begin build, building relationships with not only that family, but all their friends. And all of a sudden, I become the, uh, you don't do it for this reason, but I become the cool pastor that cares about right, their right. kid. And he goes, I could pray at 100 city council meetings and not have that same influence. So absolutely back on what you said and nothing against praying at city council, please. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, John Musker, if you get that chance go to it, that's great. But, but don't limit yourself to those quote liturgical things. Right. Engage right. With the community engage and create a culture where people see you and that excitement. That's contagious. That's right. contagious. And, um, that's what we want to create through not just Ohio for Jesus, but it's just being a normal, you know, I think of Andrew, 
when he came to Jesus? What was the first thing he did? He, he went and got his brother. He went, yeah. he, and that's what we're trying to create. That man, come see somebody. Come see a church, man. Come see you. You need this, and and if we can create that that uh, raving fan culture, where exactly, it, exactly. Yeah, it's about a church, but it's also about what Jesus is doing in their lives, and they begin sharing and they begin inviting others. All of a sudden, we're not talking one plus one. We're talking mm-hmm. two times two and five right. times five and ten times ten. Why? Because we're multiplying those that feel they're catching it. They're catching Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and we say often, if we want people to show up in our world, which is the church, then we have to show up in their world. And, um, you know, like, like you said, nothing means more to a parent, uh, to a family than, than showing up at a you know, little league event or, uh, you know, something that means, I mean, I've, I've gone to more, family functions. I mean, from, you know, July 4th to, uh, you know, Labor Day things. Right. And, and one of the things I find that pastors often use as an excuse is, well, I, I wasn't invited. And, and I get that and I understand that, but that's, that's an objection that you probably have to learn to overcome. Right. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Jesus going to Matthew's house, when you look at Jesus going to Zacchaeus's house, right. both times, I think that he invited himself. And, yes. um, and I think that people don't really process the fact that we, we have what they need. They just don't know it yet. Right. And, uh, you know, so I have no problem. My, my wife lovingly says, Andy has no problem inviting himself into your <laughs> life before, you know, you ask him to, but right. I think that's important for, for pastors to know Yes. Is and, and again, that may not be intuitive. And if it's not intuitive, then you won't initiate it. And right. so I, I tell pastors, hey, and, and ask families, hey, do you mind if I come sit with you at the volleyball game? Right. They're, they're never going to say no. No. no, um, no, no. And, um, uh, you know, we got we got invited to, you know, fourth grade, you know, fourth grade uh, uh, Super Bowl yesterday. Right. So why, why would you not go? Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Again, those those are such they're easy. I mean, I'm not preaching. I'm not praying. Right. You're, you're literally uh, uh, Rick Warren said, oftentimes we forget that our greatest ability is accessibility. Yeah. And again, it's that's low hanging fruit just to sit there, watch a game. I love football, basketball. Exactly. You know, yeah. you get to sit there and just uh, and again, it's, it's it's a lot of micro conversations. You're not you're not talking deep theology, which, again, is much easier than you know, right. talking about fundamental truths or <coughs> excuse me or something like that so yeah. uh, don't, such so invite yourself into people's world right and I, I think some pastors and Andy you know respond to this I think some pastors would see that going to a you know a junior high basketball game or um, a Super Bowl uh, and they would see that as well I'm only touching one family I'm only touching one person. I can touch a hundred people on Sunday morning, or I can teach whatever number on Sunday morning. Well, um, you know, as we've said in this conversation, you know, that, that one touch, it's like throwing that rock into the pond, you know, you're influencing more than just one family or one person, but we've got to, not that we do it for that reason alone, but that is part of the reason when Jesus healed the lame man and met that need, I mean, the influence of that went everywhere. So when that one family at that volleyball game, other people see their changed lives, they begin to see them walking out faith. 
man, we never thought he would have been that, you know, we never thought she would have been that. And all of a sudden their influence in their peer group is magnified all because you took the initiative to be Mm -hmm. present in their lives. And and almost every time, you know, we go to a volleyball game, you know, a little league game, again, leverage, you know, that experience. So, so we, we will wait till the end and, you know, we'll ask the, you know, the, the, the family, Hey, can we take a picture together? Right. And then of course we say, you know, is it okay to post your likelihood on our social right. media? But then we let people know we right. tag the church, we tag the family and say, what right. was such a great, great time hanging out, you know, with the Hoskins family today, right. congratulations, Scotty on getting the win. And then we've actually had families tell us that was your pastor that came and sat with you. Right. And, and again, people don't know yet that they need this, this faith, you know, this Jesus. Right. And, and they'll say, well, I, I, I want, I want that. And, yep. um, you know, and so we've had so many people show up and we'll say, why, why did you come? Well, we, we, we saw that you were at you know, our neighbor's daughter's softball game and, and right. we want, we want a pastor in our life. Um, yep. So many people They'll say, I never had it, and I, but I want it. Right. And, um, and again, one of, my, one of my soapboxes I like to stand on often is that I, I think sometimes pastors love to preach, and, and people know that they love to preach, but I also want to make sure that people know that pastors love people. And, uh, and you know this, people fatigue is a real thing. Um, yep. So I pray every morning, God, reset my relational energy tank so I can I can spend as much time with people. And, and if people know that you care about them and they'll, they'll, they'll serve, they'll give, they'll, they'll invite. It really creates what we're talking about today, a whole culture where it's now, it's now systemic. It's now uh, ingrained in people where it's almost um, an anomaly. If they don't invite someone to come sit with them. Exactly. And and so it's, it's okay to challenge your congregation And then we've had a couple of weekends where uh, it's awkward. So I'll go ahead and say it that way. It's awkward when we say, hey, do we have any first time guests? We would love to give you a gift, love to meet you after church. And and no one raises their hands. Right. And so, you know, I'll, I'll lovingly say, you know, and, and I'll try to do it where it's not emotional. It's not like and I'll make sure that I'm not using words like always and never. But I'll let the congregation know, hey, this is disappointing that, that we had. We had seven days to invite a family member, a coworker, a neighbor to church, right. and nobody in our congregation thought this week was a week to invite someone to church. And, yep. and I hope we don't have that happen again. That might be a little passive aggressive, but I think my right. motives are pure sure. because we want we want our congregation to you know be the main catalyst to invite people to sit next to them. Yep. But now, I, now I will say, and this is this is huge too. When when guests do show up. I, I really, I, I want the church to be ready to receive guests, uh, you know, from, um, from the worship to sure. the greeters, right. you know, there's, there's nothing harder. Occasionally, you know, pastors will ask me, Hey, can you listen to a, to a sermon? And I'll say, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and give me some feedback. And I say, do you really want the feedback? <laughs> but you know, when, when pastors say things like, well, I, you know, I just finished this up late last night. Oh, that doesn't speak highly of, of your organizational skills right. or, you know, when, when, you know, well, we had, you know, no greeters today. So 
you know, hopefully you, you made your way into the worship center. It just, right. so, so sometimes our communication tells yeah. people that we weren't expecting them and right. we didn't prepare for them. And so exactly. we try to make sure that, that again, the, the whole culture is, is ready to receive guests right. from, you know, whether it's high fives or, you know, uh, you know, fist bumps or, right. or whatever it may be. Um, you know, not everybody's ready to hug yet, right. you know, in our, in our, we uh, we're still, yeah, we're still in that season, but we get it. Uh, we we want to be a church that's ready to receive people, and that way when they get here, they're like, "Oh, this was this was the best hour of my week." Right. Well, Andy, we got to wrap this up. But when you said that, and again, I may be incorrect, uh, but uh, it's been several years now. Uh, but I I believe you were one of the pastors that I was talking to, and you were you were basically <laughs> training your people on how to open the door as yeah. guests come through. And uh, yeah. just to your point that, you know, we, we sometimes assume some things. Mm-hmm. We, we sometimes just assume that people know, well, I'm a greeter. Okay. You know what to do. Right. You know, we can't assume anything in regards to that preparation. We can't assume anything because, you know, we've all been there when we visited a church and grumpy George was at the door and right, we're right. like, man, I don't, I don't, man, if I was really a visitor, I don't know if that's my picture of this church. Yeah. I don't know right, that I'm right. going to come back, you know, and we don't have time for that in this podcast. But to your point that we not only create a shared invite culture, but we also need to be prepared for when they come, that they do get a wonderful greeting, that, that the worship team's ready to lead us into the presence of the Lord, that the nursery workers are in place and so forth, and that we, the pastor, have really done our best to prepare what we feel would be the word that those people need to receive for that given Sunday, because all of those things uh, aren't share and invite, but they will enhance the ability for us to have that person come back the second, the third, the fourth time as we do we do those things well. And, uh, and I know that's your desire, uh, just in our conversations that man, we, we want to be putting our best foot forward mm-hmm. on Sunday morning so that when guests come or even, quote, our uh, family comes, hey, we're ready for them. We've prepared for them. And we're looking forward to our time together as the family of faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Celebrating, you know, every single milestone along the way from child dedication to baptism yes. to yes. whatever you can celebrate because. They'll they'll bring their friends. And again, yes. we encourage people, like you said, hey, on this day, invite everybody, yes. you know, grow your row, fill your pew, whatever it takes. Right. But yeah. then make sure that on that day you, you're ready to go. Exactly. So, well, you know, and a lot of this falls right into play with some of our Ohio for Jesus, what we call yeah. Everest and um, church leaders praying for the salvation of unsaved people, uh, you know pastor praying regularly Mm -hmm. for disciples to be soul winners and so forth. Each disciple inviting people into the house of God. Those are part of our everies. And, uh, you know, we believe, we believe, and I'm saying OMN, High Minister Network, we believe that if we can create that culture in our church, where it's just not the pastor's job, Mm -hmm. but every believer, man, and it just, it should be as normal as breathing, Yes, we're, we're, we're building relationships. We're getting into their lives so that they will feel a more of a welcome to get involved mm-hmm. in our spiritual journey 
with Jesus Christ. And uh, you've said it several times today. And, uh, you know, recently you heard me share about discipleship on the celebration tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I wonder how many times you've discipled someone, Andy, and and they weren't even saved yet. They weren't converted yeah. yet, yeah. you know. And I think we fail to realize that many times it's that intentionality before they make that commitment yep. Yep. That, that really helps them to, to, should I say, to make that Christian faith vow. You cared for them. Yeah. You entered their life when they had no interest in you or your church. But down the road, they thought, man, if he cared that much before I was yeah. part of his church, before I was a Christian, man, that Jesus must really care about me too. And I think that's what we're talking yeah. about today. Let's yeah. be intentional about relationships, sharing and inviting with the goal, yes, mm -hmm. that they'll come to meet Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a guy tell me one time, are you discipling me? <laughs> he recognized it about six weeks into our, exactly. our relationship, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, you know, so, I love that you said that. That's a yeah. great, great insight. Yeah. yeah, but well, Andy, thank you so much for your time today. And I know uh, you're you're a busy guy, and we pray blessing on you. We pray blessing on your family, and uh, pray blessing on your ministry. So uh, God thank bless you. you, and thank you so very much for being a part uh, of this podcast and. Uh, uh, we look forward to sharing more with you in the future uh, on other areas of ministry that we know will benefit uh, other people in our fellowship. So sounds great. You. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Ohio for Jesus podcast. Make sure to click subscribe so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. And remember, Ohio for Jesus. All things are possible.